There is quite a difference, Mrs. McNally. A very great difference, Mrs. McNally. You know, Bonaparte, that is an extraordinary thing. It implies that somebody drugged her and put her into Captain Lubbecker's aeroplane. I'm dashed if I can understand why. The whole affair is most baffling. There is no apparent motive. Nothing at all to base a theory upon. If the person responsible wanted to kill her, why take the trouble to put her in an aeroplane and then put a canister of nitroglycerine in the machine with her? Did he do that? What a fiend he must be. Yes, it is quite inhuman. It sounds to me almost like a case of attempted murder. It is, without a doubt. Let me pass your plate, Bonaparte. Uh, Jelly and cream, Mr. Bonaparte. Thank you, yes. I feel my case has not proceeded as rapidly as I could have wished. What I cannot understand, Mr. Kane, is why the man did not knock her on the head. It would have been much more simple. Yes, I've been wondering the same thing. I'm quite certain that some of your nitroglycerine was placed in that aeroplane, just to make sure that it was completely destroyed. And yet it failed for some reason. Yes, fortunately. If only the young lady could speak, it would make my task so much easier. As it is, I am working completely in the dark. However, should Dr. Knowles cure her, and he is, as I say, hopeful of doing so... We shall know all about her and what happened before she was found at Emu Lake. You are pretty sure, then, that someone kidnapped her, put her into the machine, put some of my explosive in, too, flew her to the neighborhood of Emu Lake, and then jumped clear to let the plane crash? Absolutely certain. Well, in that case, the thief must know the district pretty well. Oh, yes, indeed. He knows the country far better than I do. And the man must be equally well known to us. Yes. In addition, he is a skilled pilot. That narrows a search a great deal, does it not? I know of only two men in this district who can fly. You, Mr. Kane, and Dr. Knowles. Oh, and Captain Lovecker. Yes, though he is not quite so familiar with the local geography. It's just as well for Knowles and myself, I'm thinking, that we were both in Golden Dawn when the plane was stolen. You were both there, were you? Oh, yes. We were both amongst the people who pushed out to see, or, or rather hear, the plane as it passed over. I suppose it created quite a stir. It certainly did. Everyone turned out of their houses in pyjamas to see what was happening. I was staying at the hotel, you know. I came out into the street, collided with Knowles, and we rushed out to the back with about 50 other people. Indeed, I had not heard of that before. Heard what, Bonaparte? That you collided with the doctor. Oh, yes, yes. It was rather lucky, really. I might have found myself in a a very awkward situation. Suppose, for instance, my car had broken down on the way to Golden Dawn, or I'd been making the rounds of Tintanoo. I shouldn't have had any alibi. Yes, that might have been very awkward. Isn't it possible the airman was a stranger? Might even be in this mysterious girl. Someone would easily have come into the district from elsewhere. Yes, they might, Owen. But that doesn't get over the fact that the thief must have known this part of the country pretty well. I say, this storm is getting worse. I, I think I ought to be getting back to Windy Creek. Not tonight, surely, Mr. Oliver. Oh, yes. Um, I, I promised Dad I'd be back. He's having a muster tomorrow, and he wants me to help him. And now with this storm coming up, well, there may be a lot of rain tomorrow. Oh, look here, Owen. You can't go tonight. It's absurd in this weather. Why, you get bogged somewhere or other along the road. That motorbike of yours is... Oh, I'll be, I'll be all right. But if you'll excuse me, oh, I Mr. think... Oh, Mr. Oliver, do wait and have some coffee. It won't be two minutes now. Uh, no, no, really, thanks. Uh, I don't want any coffee. All right, Owen, run along then. But you'll have to ride like the Dickens. I'll see you to the door. Uh, good night, Mrs. McNally. Uh, good night, Mr. Bonaparte. Uh, good, good night. Good night. <laughs> well, I never... He's an uncountable young man. 
Fancy suddenly wanting to go home in this weather. Yes, it is very strange, is it not? Mr. Oliver has a glass eye, I notice. Yes. Uh, how did he come to lose an eye? He had a very bad motor accident some years ago now. He injured one of his fingers, too. Oh, yes, I noticed that. The second finger of his right hand. Mm, that's it, yes. It's partly amputated. He is quite a good friend of Mr. Kane, is he not? Yes. He comes over to Tinderoo quite often. But he's too fast for my liking. Such a pity, too, for his old father is a fine gentleman. And his mother is one of the Kennedys, you know. Dead glass eye is a good match for the real one. Mm, I hadn't really noticed either way. He's a young man I don't particularly like. He's too vain, too sarcastic, and too sly. Is he indeed? I thought he was rather quiet. Mm, he was tonight. It was your presence, I think, Mr. Bonaparte. But as a rule, he's very full of himself. He was here on my birthday last month, and he behaved very badly then. Might I ask how many birthdays you have spent at Tinkaroo, uh, Mrs. McNally? <laughs> now, now you're becoming personal, Mr. Bonaparte. You'll be wanting to know my age next. Anyway, I'll tell you. I came here in 1884 as a companion for Mrs. Kane. That was the year my husband died. And the year Mr. John Kane was born. He is as old as that then. I would never have thought it. No, Mr. John is very young for his age. His younger brother Charles, you know, was killed some years ago. Yes, Sergeant Cox told me about that. A rampageous scamp was Mr. Charles. Always in trouble, but a nice boy nevertheless. But you would have liked the father. He was a great gentleman. Though his temper was a bit uncertain. Mr. Charles's birthday was the same as mine, as a matter of fact. October the 28th. October the 28th? Ah, uh, yes. Why do you look so surprised? I was just thinking. You had Mr. Oliver here for your birthday on the October the 28th? Yes. That was the night the aeroplane was stolen from Golden Dawn. So it was, Mr. Oliver. Good night, Jack Johnson. How's tricks? Good old boss. You come to Gunner's Hotel to have a drink? Uh, what do you think, Jack? <laughs> I think you look a thirsty, boss. Mr. Gunner, him inside bar now. You go along inside him. Yeah, Jackie. Hello there, Ned Emblem. How's tricks? Good, Gunner. You're quite a stranger around here now. Yeah. Don't get much time for gallivanting around. Uh, well, what are you having? Beer? Yeah, schooner, please. Well, how's that coolie bar mystery going? Oh, still going. That's a bad all. Queer chap, that Napoleon Bonaparte. He come ferreting about here one night, asking me all the questions under the sun. Here's your schooner. Oh, well, good luck. Good luck. <sighs> so, Boney was up here, was he? Too right he was. What do you make of him, Ned? Oh, he's a clever bloke. There's no doubt about that. He got me into talking more than I meant to. I reckon if anyone's going to find out who kidnapped that Sheila up at Cooley Bar, Bone is the right man. Well, he's taking long enough about it. Oh, it's no easy case. None of these jokers round here will say much. I reckons he knows more than he lets out. You think so? Well, I hope he ain't going to get nothing on me. 
Sergeant Cox was out here this morning. He asked me questions about the dozen. And I know too much for him. There's the other bloke. He's a sight too smart. Oh, true. Right he is. Do you know? He found tracks on Emu Lake where them two blacks fired. I always thought that Shutter and his cover Bill Sykes was the smartest trackers round here. But, but how about he can knock spots off of them? Is that a fact? My oath. I don't know what they found. I couldn't get them to open their mouths. They sticks together, these fellas. Bonaparte's not, is he? Oh, very near. He's an half-caste. I reckon he'd run rings round most men as detectives. I say, Ned... What's the strength of Ted Sharp? He's a cab, I can't rightly make him out. Oh, Ted's all right. Why? Well, he was up here some weeks ago, magging with a bloke from the city. Well set up bloke he was, too. I got me doubts about Ned. It wouldn't surprise me if he was mixed up with that Sheila. Oh, no, no. He's pretty sweet on Miss Nettlefowl. There you are. All the more reason, then, I reckon them Sheila's at the bottom of the whole business. Uh, You don't seem exactly ignorant of what's been going on in this district, Gurner. I believe you know more than you'll say. Well, suppose I do, Ned. Well. How about letting me into the secret? No fear, I'm not talking. How about another drop of beer? Oh, too right. Now, listen to me, Gurner. I knows a thing or two about them jokers up at Cooley Bar Homestead. How about you and me putting our heads together? Nothing doing, Ned. I'm here to sell beer, not to give me customers me confidence. Drink up, Ned, and have another one. (laughs) 